the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Danny Cannell, Chip Patterson, Barton Simmons, and Tom Fernelli. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson. Bowl season daily. Happy Wednesday morning or Wednesday afternoon, whenever you happen to be getting to this. I, I hope it's in the morning, or, or maybe you're taking this in uh, with the nooner that we've got here on December 30th. we got two bowl games to break down for you. Unfortunately, no three, as Iowa-Missouri was canceled due to a rise in COVID cases for the Missouri Tigers. Uh, so no Music City Bowl at 3.30. Our two games, Dukes-Mayo Bowl, uh, Wake Forest against Wisconsin. That game is at noon. And then the nightcap, one of our New Year's six games, as we've got Oklahoma and Florida. 8 p.m. kickoff from AT&T Stadium. Tom, the, uh, the Dukes-Mayo Bowl, Wake Forest and Wisconsin. This is a game that if you want to look at um, – the, the building, Wake Forest has some good juju around there, right? Like this is where uh, Wake Forest won like 55 to 52 or something stupid like that in, in a game against Texas A&M. Uh, a big statement win for Dave Clawson's program at the time. Uh, I don't know if we'll see 55-52 against Wisconsin <laughs> in this particular game. We do have a, a line of Wisconsin about seven and a half. It's been rising now up to nine and a half. So certainly a lot of excitement behind the Badgers over or under around 51 and a half. Uh, what's your feel for this game and what are you going to be keeping an eye on? It's hard to have a solid feel here. I, I You mentioned like that 55-52 game against a and When I tried to break this game down, I kind of lean towards the over here simply because I think that the total is a little too low based on the way Wisconsin's offense and defense have performed. But it's just Wisconsin is such a difficult team to understand in 2020. Like I, I think that at the heart, or at least my gut tells me this is still a good team. Thought it was going to be a good team before the year began. But if you go through their season, you got to think like, okay, they're preparing for the season. Then the Big Ten says, nope, postponing. So they kind of halt, but they keep practicing. And then a Big Ten says, no, we're coming back. We're going to play. All right, we're starting late. And then leading up, they start building back up to get ready. They lose their starting quarterback just before the season starts. Season opens against Illinois. Get, Graham Mertz comes in as the new starter. Lights Whoa, Illinois. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then immediately comes down with COVID. So then he's out, and then they lose a bunch of players. So then their next two games are canceled. So they've stopped again and then they start back up and they come back and they beat Michigan and they beat Michigan pretty soundly. And then the game after that, they lose to Northwestern 17 to seven, which I think they had five turnovers, but still considering how the season Northwestern had not a bad loss. And 
Then the season stops again as their game against Minnesota is canceled due to COVID. And then they come back again a week later against Indiana and they lose an ugly 14 to six game. And then they lose to Iowa 28 to seven. And then they finish the year with kind of an ugly win, making up that Minnesota game. So like Wisconsin's entire year has been starting, stopping, starting, stopping, starting, stopping. So it's really been hard for them to find any kind of rhythm or identity as to what they are, particularly on offense, because they've been without player. Like Mertz is obviously the big name because he was the quarterback, but they've had guys going in and out of the lineup because of COVID and contact tracing all season long. So I feel like if this is a Wisconsin team that's going into this bowl game at 100%, it's probably going to win because I think it's better than Wake Forest. And I think particularly defensively, that gives it the advantage. So if I was going to take the spread, I would take the Badgers, but I'm leaning towards the over just because I do think that Wisconsin can get some points on the board. And I think that Wake's offense, you know, it's creative enough. And Dave Clawson is smart enough that even going against a very good Wisconsin defense, I think that he could scheme some things up to get them to move the ball, get some big plays to get some points on the board. So I don't think it's going to be like a shootout or anything, but I do think we're looking at a game where it might be like a, you know, like 28, 24, Wake 20, can that, get that. to 20 without a doubt. Wake should yeah. be able to get to 20. And and I, yeah. I totally agree with that. Uh, no Kenneth Walker uh, at running back, but you still got Christian Beal Smith. Uh, you still got some wide receivers that have really been able to come on strong for quarterback, Sam Hartman, who's had a really good season uh, with that Wake Forest offense defensively. I am a little bit concerned and that would be good for your over with the fact that uh, against the the game against Louisville on the Locks podcast, loyal listeners of the Cover Three podcast know I, I swore an oath to always take Wake Forest in games against Louisville for Wakey Leaks reasons. But not having defensive end Boogie Basham, not having uh, some other players in that line in that uh, defense, really did end up um, making a difference against Louisville. And I do think that you know, for example, like I wouldn't be surprised if we catch like a two touchdown Jake Ferguson performance for Wisconsin. Like I, I could absolutely see that. I like Wisconsin here. I do think that there's a, so Paul Christ is a four is four and one in bowl games as a head coach at Wisconsin. Is he a good bowl coach or is Wisconsin just like the last team that you want to play? If it like, if you've ever got a motivation situation, it's in like, Oh yeah. You know, like we got a couple players who are opting out. we got a couple players are hurt. They're going to shut it down. And, and you know what we've got, we've got six, six, 330 pounds up and down the line, just ready to mash you. Like Jonathan Taylor's not there, but I still think Wisconsin can play bully ball in this game. Yeah, it, it, like you mentioned, they're four and one under Paul Christ and Bulls, and it's not like they've been playing, you know, like pushovers. Like they they beat USC in a Holiday Bowl, Western Michigan in the Cotton Bowl, okay, but that was also you know the PJ Fleck Group of Five year. Uh, they they've beaten Miami twice, and then last year their only loss under Paul Christ was in the Rose Bowl to Oregon by a point, and yeah. that was you know with Justin Herbert having the best game of his career when his offensive coordinator finally realized, oh wait, the guy can run too, so. <laughs> it, like they've been good in bowl games. So yeah, I, I, I don't like Wake's chances, but I just, I, I feel like the spread's getting a little too big. Okay. So nine and a half as we're sitting here and recording it at 10, are you stay away or at 10, are you buy back at 10? I would give, I'd give Wake consideration if it gets to double figures okay. for sure. All I don't right. know. I'm playing it, but if I'm looking at it, I'm like, that's hard to pass up considering the kind of struggles that Wisconsin's shown on offense this year. Speaking of buyback, the Cotton Bowl, as, as we're sitting here uh, recording for you fine folks in the early morning on Wednesday, uh, 
we're not recording in the early morning heads up, but like for those of you who are listening to this in the early morning on Wednesday, uh, Oklahoma currently sitting in about three point favorite after opening as a three point underdog. And the reason for that is somewhat understandable. It is understandable because Kyle Pitts is out. Felt like we could have seen that one coming. He announced it a little while ago, but as we get closer, now we know that Kadarius Tony is out. Trevon Grimes is out. Jacob Copeland is out. And all of a sudden you're going through and you're like, wait a second. Did, did Florida just lose its top four pass catchers? Yes. But Kyle Trask is still there. There's still a Justin Shorter who uh, the Penn State transfer had some flash plays this season and some, some talent there uh, at the wide receiver position that could be able to step up. Ah, uh, this is a awesome, awesome quarterback matchup. Uh, over under set at 68. I might not hate an over here. And if I want to take either side, I think I want to wait and see if if this thing can trickle up closer to kickoff. If a bunch of Oklahoma money comes in and you can catch that thing north of four, uh, yeah. I think I'd jump in then. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm 100% with you. I think that if you're betting this game today, you want to wait as long as possible, see where the line gets, because I'm on Florida at, at plus three, three and a half, some places right now. But I, I do think that the reaction has been overblown. And I get it because you just said they're without their four leading receivers. So it's not like you could make the argument that, oh, Florida's better than they right, are. Right. It's just, this is like Barton has talked about it on the show all year. This is a Florida team that has three losses, but one of those losses was to LSU. And if you look at the box scores and like the win probabilities of that game, they, they should have won that game. It was kind of flukish that they lost it. But if you look at their other two losses, they've come to a Texas A&M team that was on the cusp of being a playoff team by three points on the road. And they lost to Alabama in the SEC title game, the by best six. team in the country. Yeah. And they gave Alabama more trouble than just about anybody else in the country. So like this is a Florida team that is a playoff caliber football team. And Oklahoma on the other side is a team that lost two games early. It's coming into this one as a seven game win streak. And we've talked about on the show over the past month or so, how this was a team that was really catching its stride. And it was kind of like a dark horse to maybe be a playoff team. If things broke in its direction, it's just, I still don't think this Oklahoma team is as good as Florida. And I think that obviously with the players that Florida's missing, that plays a huge role. And I think Oklahoma should win this game more often than not. It's just, I also feel like this is an overreaction and the contrarian in me is wanting to be on the side. And I feel like I'm, I'm putting myself in a spot here where I could be very easily embarrassed and Oklahoma wins this game by like 25. But I also feel like Florida could win this game quite often. So if I'm getting points, that's where I want to go. But like you were saying, I would wait as long as possible because I would bet that just based on this being a New Year's Six game, and there being a lot more, you know, generalized public action on it, you're going to see a, even more of an overreaction to Florida missing all those players, and you're going to see money coming in late on Oklahoma to push this number even larger. So, yeah, I would sit and see how big this thing gets before jumping on the Gators. Dan Mullen, and this this is probably where I'm finally in on it. Dan Mullen's seven and two in bowl games. I would venture that most years. Florida's second line across the four wide is about Mississippi State starter level. Mm-hmm. Like I think that I think that he's got Kyle Trask and now he's got some Mississippi State wide receivers and Dan was like, oh yeah, we know what to do with this right here. Like he's, he's dialed in, he can put the game plan together to figure out a way to do it. Uh, Lincoln Riley has yet to win a bowl game. Now, 
the man has made the college football playoff three years. So going 0 and 3 is like, yeah, but, you know, you lost an epic, uh, wasn't it overtime against Georgia? It was at least yeah. one overtime against Georgia. Yeah. Uh, and then you lose to Alabama by 11 in the Orange Bowl. And then you lose to like one of the greatest college football teams of all time in LSU. So, this Florida team is not Joe Burrow LSU without a doubt. And you know, this Florida team, it's uh, not far off though. Oof. Offensively anyway. Yeah. Mm. Sit, sit on it, folks. Keep an they eye on have, it. Yeah. Like, they it. don't have the run game to be like the same level as that LSU offense was, but I just think that passing wise, they're not that far off. Keep your eye on it. Dan Mullen, potentially the X factor, uh, and definitely will be if Florida wins. Again, that game, 8 p.m. kickoff from Arlington, uh, the site of the Rose Bowl uh, a couple days later, Florida and Oklahoma. Tomorrow, we will be back in your feed early morning to preview the New Year's Eve action Won't have the Texas Bowl, sadly, but we will have the Arizona Bowl. Get you some Mississippi State Tulsa, some West Virginia Army, all to get you set for the New Year's Eve Bowl action here on Bowl Season Daily. Follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Tom, thank you very much. Thank you.